Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. That's it? That's the start? Oh, yeah. Hey, Jimmy Francis filling in as host for Car Selling Secrets with uh, the Exodus Doug Sprinthal out on assignment. Yeah, we got Sprinthal. He's uh, he's in Mexico. Mm -hmm. I've never been, but I'd like to go. Um, James Taylor. Uh, and uh, so uh, and Tom's, Tom's at Disney World today. Yeah. With the, with the uh, who's he with? Uh, he's with everyone in the family. Everyone. Except for me. No. So, poor Andy. And Andy, you're stuck here with, uh, with laryngitis. I'd rather be here with laryngitis than on a plane with laryngitis. Yeah. It's, it's to be honest. Yeah. That dry air, it's already, oh. yeah. And, it's uh, the worst. And it I'm is. like Gelfand, and I'm, uh, generally speaking, I am a, a banana. That's what Steve Cannon always called me. He'd say, Borchick, you're a banana. Banana. You have to listen. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of hard to do a radio show when, when there's three bananas, right? Yeah, and that's we're, right. We're, uh, all, we're all kind of bananas in the group here. Because three bananas does not make one host. No. There is no host. But it does make a bunch. But it, it does make a bunch. And, and I, you know, and uh, uh, Jimmy, you didn't mention, I think, that, that you are the mayor of South St. Paul. I am. Yes, I didn't know we were going through titles, but because uh, today I want to uh, stick true to, like last time I was here, mm -hmm. actually talking about cars and selling cars. And so again, I brought the Selling Used Car book from 1956. We will be taking some excerpts out of that. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant
Well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time in a way. You bought a DeLorean franchise. Not exactly. Uh. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal. So what's a 1995 Camry worth? Deep sympathy. Uh. Mike, have you considered something newer? Well, I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was? No. It's major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer. I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program. Of course, people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold 45,000 cars last year, and we took back less than 100. Amazing upfront pricing, a free 150,000-mile warranty, a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to walzer.com. Can I add something? No. I really wanted, I was hoping to, to grab Don Shelby before he left the building and try to yeah, sell we, him. Yeah, we tried to get him yeah. on, but he uh, had stuff to do, apparently. Try to sell him. I'd like to really try to sell him a Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce, oh. huh? So that was, that was my thoughts for today's uh, program Well, now, you, you basically can sell anything, right? I mean, a, a, sales, a salesperson can sell anything. This is true. Because you're basically, I, I used to work for a life insurance company. Okay. I did not sell. I was just doing videos. I was, I was writing speeches for the, the CEO. But, you know, the, the philosophy there was it doesn't matter. If a guy, if a guy could sell, he could sell. And, um, and I know you, uh, that, that's your daytime job is you're, you're, you're selling insurance, right? Well, I'm an employee benefits advisor. Oh, I see. Okay. My stuff sells itself. I just help. I advise people on wh- ah, what it so is. So you're more of a consultant. Yeah. We are advisors, right? Mm-hmm. We uh, holistically help their business, whether that is. I'm specifically in employee benefits, mm-hmm. but our agency is full service, mm-hmm. independent. So, you know, we're. I like to tell people we solve problems. Tell me a problem. What do you have? I think I can help you solve it. Uh, you know, I got some uh, scratchy skin. Uh, it's a little rash or something. Really? Is it? Yeah. Does it something that happens all the time, or are you uh, just noticing it? it no, it's sporadic. No. Yeah. Sporadic. Sporadic. Yeah. Same spot, different areas. Huh? Uh, you know, it's it's idiosyncratic, but I would say it's uh, it's oh. mostly just on the, on my right side. Uh, you know, like uh, right by my ribs. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use um, detergents? Um, Fabric softeners, that kind of stuff. I don't use fabric softeners, but I but I do use detergent. But I, I'm I'm thinking maybe I have to go to something like Downy or something, you know, maybe maybe Drift. Yeah, it could be. It's just that, but it's very isolated, so I don't know what the deal is. Well, you know, in the dry the dry times, mm-hmm. I've heard that our skin dries out even more and more susceptible to those, you know, allergies or allergens. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's because of any uh, sort of. Um, well, let's just say ill-advised uh, relationships I had at one time. Sure. Now, I don't think it's that. Well, it, it probably is not. Um, no. You know yourself better than anybody. Well, that's right. So you, you can self-diagnose <laughs> <laughs> diagnose that. Oh, I do it all the time. Yeah. You yeah. do? Well, being a neurotic, yeah. What is, how does that, is that like diagnosed, self-diagnosed or clinically diagnosed? It's just worrying all the time. That's what neurotis. Yeah, that's what. It, yeah, you neuroticism. don't even, you, see you. You're you're Catholic with eleven. You were well, how many brothers and sisters you had? Yeah, eight boys, three girls. Yeah, so neurosis doesn't enter so much into that kind of a family. Really? Yeah. I don't know. It entered into my dad's because well, why, because yeah, there's but, more kids, more people. Well, are you an only child? 
Uh, no, I, I, I had an older brother, and, but there was a lot of neurosis going on in the family. And of course, yeah, and, and like Andy said, and the same was true in Tom's family. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, and I think one thing Tom and I have in common among the many things is we both grew up in, in families uh, where mental illness did play a role. Sure. And and that's going to knock you off balance. Sure. You know, even if you're not the one. Right. I'm not saying I didn't have my own mental illnesses, mainly depression, but, you know, you're in that environment. Sure, and sure, I, sure. I think you just grow up having to worry about everything. Yeah, well, I, I guess that uh, that explains you a lot. It does, right? yes, yes. And, and explains so a little bit to, to those that have listened to you over the years, your humor. It's, it's yeah, neuroses and humor go together. That's why, of course, there, you know, been so many uh, so many great Jewish comics because they all grew up with neurotic mothers, <laughs> usually fathers, uh, you know, uh, overbearing parents. You know, oh, you're, my mother would always say, you can be president someday. And I'd say, Mom, it ain't going to happen. And it still hasn't happened. So I think I was right about that. Yeah. Moms usually have a good in- intuition, though, and that, that encouragement <laughs> from mom. Well, you know? they I tend- mean, it thinks you're not dead yet. Uh, well, no, not, not physically. That's true. My career is dead. <laughs> well, it's the perfect time for a career change then. Yeah. Change over to the president. Well, wouldn't you hate to be a politician now? I sure would. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't. Who are you asking? <laughs> no, I just. Well, or generally. Everyone in the yeah. world. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was talking to Andy mostly, but because um, you are a politician, Jimmy. But do you ever yes, have any, yeah. do you have to, ever, does anyone ever actually run against you? Yeah, actually, I like to, I don't use the term politician because I don't believe I am a politician. Right. I, I, I don't think of you as one either. And, and I, I was using the, the term civil servant, but people are like, well, that's, you know, that's somebody that works for for the city. You're not, that's not what you're doing. I really have no, I have no political party. So yeah, we got none of that going on. All I'm working on is my city and what's, you know, what's good for our city. Right. So I'm kind of one track, one focused uh, person. But I would, would have to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. That this is a very exciting time to be involved in politics or in government because there is so much wacky doodle stuff going on, and there are um, people that are in the middle who really want to be heard, and they're they just need opportunity to stand up and do it. Well, right? we also have to differentiate between local politics and federal politics because they're quite different right and, and oh, mostly yeah. local politics is not that you don't have a party affiliation right you shouldn't right i, I believe you shouldn't no i, 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 I do I, too i also believe that you shouldn't have it as you go to the county level either and what's happened often in in our state and in other states is the the senators the um house representatives move on and then for one reason or another want to step back from doing that yeah they go to the county and stay at the county so their partisan politics come right into those roles sometimes even at the mayor's level you know they come back to to do some stuff mm-hmm. uh, some helping and and bring in that partisan politics that i just again none of that should be involved in what the decisions that that we make well what are what are some of the crises the the big issues that you have to resolve uh, well, in a city of our size, we're 20,000. Yep. Uh, our role is there's seven of us, me and six council members. you got to have four votes to get anything accomplished. Mm-hmm. So we are all basically equal in our abilities. We have a vote, and mm-hmm. we have to you know, get three others to come on our side if we want to 
you know, take a stance at something. So you don't have what would what would be called a strong mayor government, right? You, you're I, I hate to say this, but you're a weak mayor. Yeah, don't say that, or don't don't feel sorry, <laughs> but that's what it is. Yeah, you know, and and we are a city of a second class, mm-hmm. right? And we're also a, an economically depressed city by the state of Minnesota Chamber of Commerce. So we have mm-hmm. we have titles on us that give us different things. Well, sure, because the the stockyards. Uh, employed a lot of people right and when when did they leave well uh, officially stockyards was out in 2008 so what was the population then it's the same as well we've grown a little bit but it's 20,000 what was was it at its peak 20 I think it's I think we can serve still with our infrastructure 30,000 people Mm -hmm. so it was up towards 28,000 people at one time and so, and I'm the first mayor without a stockyards. Yeah. So the mayor before me was there for 16 years and 18 years, and she had um, she closed the South St. Paul stockyards livestock exchange. Well, I guess the good part about that is with the with the exchange gone, uh, you, your your city probably passes the smell test. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, there, um, I don't, can I talk about it? Yeah, I think I can, because I think a judge just ruled for us. We there, we're in an act, we were in an active lawsuit, maybe we still are, mm. with an odor producer. And so we still do have a, a odor mm. uh, of sorts, but um, way less than it used to be. And a very diverse business park now has blossomed out of what once was our stockyards. Do you know the... The uh, just recently, her name is Lois Glevy. If any of you are listening and are interested in history, you can Google her, and she's written books. But she just passed away, mm. and she was a gem of our community that had all this history in her in her mind. But she also wrote our centennial book, which goes through and talks about it. And I learned so much about life through that book because I was a kid when it was produced in 1987, mm-hmm. and I would be able to read about our family. My uh, aunt and uncle got kidnapped by Dillinger. And what? My, my grand, great-grandfather was the mayor uh, of the city in 1906, and you know, my grandma was the city treasurer and through the 70s, 60s, and 70s. Um, well, go back to this Dillinger thing. What was that? Yeah, so uh, they were... I know that he was very active in St. Paul. Yeah, right. And South St. Paul is right on that river bank, right, right along... Um, we, it's what's known as Concord now, today. Um, it used to be a trunk highway, and now it's just a, a road, a city road. But uh, they were out uh, on an afternoon, uh, Sybil and Roy and their boy Robert. Mm-hmm. And Roy was an executive for um, Northern States Power. Mm-hmm. And not that they knew that or anything, but they just happened to be out and they got kind of commandeered by Dillinger and his gang. And they hopped in the car and uh, took them down the road a piece and then left them out, you know, let them go. Um, And, you know, um, to this day, my, well, Aunt Sybil passed away, but I was, we were able to meet her and she was very smitten with Mm -hmm. Dillinger and always talked about it fondly like they were he was so <laughs> kind and Robert he was even playing with his hat with Robert you know the kid and a few weeks later you know they found it shot up in Chicago the car so that was uh, and then they walked back to to the gas station and mm. got help or there was no help to get but so that's the uh, Francis Dillinger story when I was a um, when I was a uh, young reporter at the Minneapolis Tribune I wasn't exactly a cub reporter, but I hadn't worked uh, at the Tribune that long, maybe a month or two. 
and the uh, my city editor came over to me. It was like about eight o'clock at night, and uh, he said, uh, "Well, he said, uh, you know, this this guy who apparently was a hitman for the mob just died, and uh, he uh, he lived around here, and so uh, you know you're not, you're not going to be able to find out much information, but if you can, you know, write a little write a little piece on it." Well, as it as it happened, um, the, the guy Jack Apple was his name. He was the hitman. I don't think Jack Apple was his real name, but sure. that's what he was called. As it happened, he was a good friend of uh, my cousin, who was a mobster in Vegas. So I called up my uh, my mobster uh, cousin, and uh, we had a nice conversation. And uh, and I said, so you know, um, what can you tell me about Jack Apple? And he said, ah, oh, great guy. <laughs> wonderful guy this is how people look at you know they don't see these people if they know them it's like you know it's like the dillinger thing sure they they see them more as celebrities right. than as as hardened murderers and criminals yeah and uh so so i said so i said so you know what can you tell me he said oh he was, he was a great guy he was a great guy i said really he said oh yeah he said listen if you were his friend he would give you the shirt off his back i said of course being a reporter i said well, what if you weren't his friend? And there was a little bit of a pause, and he said, then he'd kill you. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it made for a pretty good story, right? <laughs> right. Except that my cousin was wanted to kill me the next day because yeah. apparently he didn't think I would quote him as saying that. Right. Yeah. But uh, it is it is odd, though, that throughout history, people like Dillinger uh, were, were celebrated more than they were vilified. Right. And I think back... To those times, especially in that, that book I was referring to that Lois wrote, back to car selling secrets. Think of the cars, the automobiles that they had back in the 20s and the 30s, right? Yeah. How, yeah. How, how, how cool those are today, and to think that that was the, the runabouts all day, every day, you know? Yeah, well, you know, and I think about the cars that, that I drove in the uh, 70s and 80s and probably into the 90s. I mean... Those cars, 50 years later or so, you'd be lucky if you got 20 miles before something went wrong. Sure. So these guys and their getaway cars, they must have broken down all the oh, time. Oh, the flat tires you think about and going to these areas that are unimproved that just still oh, yeah. have wagon wheel tracks or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just in interesting times to think about those. Uh, there's a picture, a photograph that we're going to recreate of my grandfather. Uh, Augustus, my, excuse me, my great-grandfather, Augustus. Mm -hmm. uh, he's standing on Concord Street in South St. Paul, uh, where Walzer is uh, uh, in, in South St. Paul. Mm -hmm. um, it used to be the railroad tracks, and then in the 60s they moved it, they put in the, the dike, um, and so they moved the, the railroad tracks over to the dike, mm -hmm. and that's where they are today. But there's a photograph of him standing next to a train next to the exchange building which is our historic building in town and uh, black and white from the 20s you know looking looking down towards concord it's pretty it's a pretty cool site so we're going to redo that because we just redid concord street mm -hmm. so we're going to reenact that photograph we're going to do the same thing but with trucks instead of trains so uh, speaking of car selling secrets, uh, you came armed today. What do you what do you got there? Well, I you know I brought the book last time, the selling the used car selling used cars, the used car advertising and merchandising encyclopedia, which those of you uh, at home can't see, but has a great uh, drafted, hand drawn, sketched 
drawing of a of a salesman on the uh, on a, his foot up on the bumper of an old '56 Buick or something, right? This reminded you of a book that your dad wrote that was similar similar cover cover. Different, yeah, kind of similar art. Yeah, that that kind of art is very distinctive from that period. So I just thought I'd bring this. We could either we could either read out of this or just kind of. You know, talk about car selling secrets because you know we've all sold cars, right? Oh yeah, you sold a used car. I've sold my my share of cars. I've bought cars, and and I thought too I was rude last time, Mike, that I didn't tell you my story of my first car. I you know I said oh it's been said on here, and and then you told stories, but then everybody told stories about their car that was already told. So I'm like oh that was rude of me to say that I shouldn't tell you that. So I thought we could tell that story. Well too. yeah absolutely. But once you understand the principles and procedures explained in this book, you will be qualified to get better results from your advertising, no matter how thoroughly or how sketchily you de divulge into the technical aspects of advertising. Never lose sight of the fact that supply and demand is subject to rapid change. Buying habits change less rapidly, and human nature never changes. What year was this book written? 1955, November 1955. Well, yeah. So if you if you are sitting at home listening to this, Google those cars from 1955, and then go back. What is a used car? That's 10 years back. What's considered used cars, right? Yeah. So yeah, then, 1945. So then. 45s, and those are the models in which you're looking at. I, I love the, I just love the sketch on the cover there of of the uh, salesman. Right. It's you know they and it, like I said that was very. The art is very typical of that period. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's it's line drawings, not much background or anything, and sort of a caricature of the salesman. Now, this the salesman looks. Uh, but see, he looks like somebody you know, somebody yeah, you he's, trust. He's, he's right? got a very friendly smile. Oh yes, this is could be yours. And you know, the great thing is, um, I as I've gotten older, I've basically started. Uh, Dressing, uh, like, well, pretty much like a homeless person. Sure. And uh, I could tell. <laughs> I, I could go. Well, I'll just say I'm. I'm. I'm actually wearing my best stuff today. Whoa. Um, be, you know, because there's no holes in the shirt or sure. anything like no, that. I did not one stain on there. Folks. No, no, not. It's it's nice. It's uh, it's it's rare, uh, and uh, but um, but you know, typically. I because I I sort of I, I guess you could say that I that I sort of work on the homeless homeless appearance. I can go to a car dealership when there might be twelve salesmen lurking outside. Right? Mm -hmm. I can go right through all twelve. Yeah. Nobody says, "Can I help you?" Yeah, they, so they, you want to buy a car today? Yeah. No. Nobody That's, says a thing yeah. to me. The art of stealth. It's, yeah, they, exactly. They probably are. Point. Well, the coffee's up there, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't offer me the coffee. Oh. No. No. <laughs> don't nothing. touch our coffee, please. No. They just see. They see some loser who's know. never going to buy a car. I don't know. The modern dealerships of today. You know, it's. A guy like me showing up, rolling in there with a suit and tie on, mm. they obviously know that, you know, I'm here for for business, right? Right now, now is it to sell it, buy a car business, or is it because he's here for the the dealership business, right? But you know, you pull up, Mike, mm. and you could be there for service. You could be there right. for you know true. something else. So they're not really going to jump on you, and probably don't want to based on your looks. What really hurts is if I walk in. And I make eye contact with someone, and and they'll say, "Oh, the, you know, the men's room is over there." Yeah. That that hurts. Right. That's directing that's, you right to that's. You look like that's what you need. Yeah, it's it's not good. Well, it's also it's interesting because uh, younger people 
the younger they are, they tend to dress more casually mm, to the sure. point where, you know, I'm frequently going out in like sweatpants just because I can. Right. And I think a lot of people my age and younger are. So yeah. the idea of like, you know, getting dressed up to go buy a car, that sort of thing, I think is kind of outdated. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. So is the gone are the days of dressing up to travel. You oh, know, absolutely. It, 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 you want to wear your most comfortable clothes when you're traveling because traveling already is, you know, sucky enough. Yeah. I don't agree with that. But no? It's, no. Well, it can be a little <clears throat> difficult. Yeah. It's, uh, I just, you know, at least, my goodness, comb your hair. You know, mm-hmm. uh, do we all have to wear Crocs? I know the slip-on, slip-off thing is, is a thing, but, I mean, it just. You, uh, you said comb your what? Yeah, well, if you don't have hair, yeah, I, mean, I don't I have to worry too much about that. Too much. Well, I do then, not know the last time I picked up a comb. Then, oh, <laughs> I guess yeah. Look who I, the audience, I, I guess, <laughs> here in the in the studio. Who are all these people with hair? <laughs> and the hell with them. Uh, have no. you traveled lately? I mean, you're not a traveler, but have you traveled? Uh, no, no. I mean, well, I, you know, I. I, I made I'm, it to Columbia Heights not long ago. Oh, wow. That'd be about it for we got to get you to South St. Paul. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'd need a ride. Come but. down and let's uh, bring you down to, uh, we'll send the Walzer driver. Parts That's what runner. you should do, yeah. We'll send the parts runner from the Walzer St. Paul store, which is located in mm-hmm. South St. Paul, pick you up. I'll mm-hmm. drive you around, and then we'll send you back with the parts runner. Well, we could uh, we could have yeah Look we could have lunch at one of your you know one of the great restaurants there. Oh yeah, you, you do have an Arby's, don't you? No, gosh, no Arby's. Whoa, we don't have we have um, South St. Paul has a Burger King mm-hmm. and a Subway. Uh, Subway, well, Subway used to be a lot food. better, and then we have a myriad of great and and growing um, fast casual. I'd say you know mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. In, especially in today's server market, it's not uh, you know quick serve stuff it's it's fast casual right, right. so you're, you're gonna wait a little bit for your fried rice or your um you know your chow mein mm-hmm. or your uh pizza i mean angelo's pizza tom here for years you've heard me talk about my friends at north american banking company they have great online and mobile banking options plus friendly employees who are always ready to help and with their location in maple grove now open it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. What, what kind of food do you like, Mike? Uh, you know, I like, uh, I like Italian, Asian. Uh, I like uh, pasta. See, basically, my diet is, uh, it's, it's basically the low-fiber white diet. Mm-hmm. So You seem like a chicken guy to me. Oh, I eat a lot of chicken. A lot yeah. of chicken. Yeah, a lot of chicken. we got a great chicken place called The Coop. The Coop? The Coop, yeah. And they make uh, chicken. It's, mm. de- it's deep-fried, pressure-cooked. Oh. Yeah, no, no deep-fried. You can't do that. No. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't do it, and um, it's the fat. Too it's, much fat. It's too much fat. You know, we we Grease. just we have yep. we have problems digesting a lot of fat. Mm-hmm. Well, Roasted how, chicken would be good. Yeah, like rotisserie. We eat a lot of rotisserie chicken because it's like you know 
anyone can have it. Oh, and it roti- how can you go wrong with a rotisserie chicken? Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's it's good. Although, you know, the quality of rotisserie chicken, I have noticed. It dec- varies. It, 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 and it's really declined in the past couple of years. I've, 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 I bought one not too long ago, and it was just spongy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Ugh. Our, uh, my, I'm... Mike, I cook too as well. I'm mm-hmm. an amateur chef, yeah, so to speak. Mm. So we, I enjoy rotisserie chickens of my own. And well, so I, you and can I make get, them at home. Huh? I make them at home, and as long as you I, got the rotisserie, I suppose. And I get the, um, I get the uh, um, Amish chickens, which are a whole different breed of chicken. I mean, they're just very, very. Good chickens. Are they like right? Cornish game hens? But no, no not they're, they're quite big. that small. No, oh, they're, they're big. big. They're bigger. Oh, okay. So do you have Plumper. to eat them through a hole in a sheet, or? Um... I think that's Mormons. A Mormons? No, no, it is the Amish. Is it? Yeah. Amish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These guys uh, work with one of my friends who is the, what do they call a go-between? Mm-hmm. So he helps, gives them rides, and you know, yeah. some, sometimes makes phone calls for them. You know, and, and uh, also sells their Amish furniture online because they don't have that aspect. Uh, huh? so, He's a shopless guy. For the Amish, <laughs> yes, sure. <laughs> I see a few Mike of them knows in what my I'm neighborhood. About. But I like a good roasted chicken. I like a good uh, rotisserie chicken. Mm-hmm. I like a good spatchcock chicken. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Uh, what? A what chicken? Spatchcock. That's you take the backbone out and you cook it. Uh, you cook it. You crush butterfly it. it or yeah, whatever. You butterfly yeah. it and you, you cook it down so everything's mm. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. I, we cook our Thanksgiving turkey that way. And well, I can I can empathize best. with with that because you know I was married for a long time so I don't have any backbone at all. <laughs> oh, shit. it's been completely removed. That's right. So when you uh, were married, mm-hmm. who bought the cars? Did you buy the cars or, or did the well, misses? Well, because my father-in-law is a or was a car salesman. He was. Yes, and he sold used cars. He sold new new cars. So. Um, we would just, you know, we would buy the cars from him and he usually gave us a deal, you know, like 15% above retail, that kind of thing. Uh, he had to make a buck. Sure. Yeah. Always got to make a buck. Sure. And, uh, and of course the cars he sold us were always uh, pretty much garbage because it was, they were just the cars that were made in those days. Yeah. Yeah. All those cars now, you know, the same, the same make of cars are good cars now. They don't really make garbage cars anymore. No, they don't really. Um, Yeah. There's not been many lemons. No. I mean, there's so many regulations and rules and inspections. It's kind of, it's difficult to make a car that's going to fall apart once you get it off the lot. I think even the Jaguars are, are pretty good now. Yeah. And they were always known as the car that, you know, you basically just wanted to be able to make it from one mechanic to the next. Uh, the Yugo might be one that comes to mind as maybe the last one. Yugo. And then and then the uh, maybe the uh, DeLorean maybe was the last one that was, uh, you know, a production car that didn't Was the DeLorean actually work. bad or was it just so weird that people didn't want it? They had a lot of problems oh, with did it. They? Watch that documentary. It's so great. The John DeLorean Mm. story and uh, actually there's one the Netflix did one with um, uh, boy his name just flew into my head and out of it um, he, he plays him in the the kind of the they tell the story and it happens behind you see all the action but maybe not the talking mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin Alec Baldwin plays John DeLorean very well oh, okay it's pretty cool so, so you so, never you never really did uh, hate to backtrack you never really told us about your first car Oh right, well it's actually this, my story is about my second car because okay that's my, good enough. <laughs> well the, the the second car in, in the Francis family you didn't get a car you you had to earn it drive you know whatever. Mm. 
So the, the story of my second car was I was coming home from Mankato. I had a 12-point buck, excuse me, a 10-point buck on the top of my car. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had hunted down there. My brothers went to college down there, so mm-hmm. it was back and forth. And I was going to school for radio at the time. And so by the time I left, it was 12.30, midnight, 11.30, midnight. That, I mean, it was nighttime, way mm-hmm. night. And so I'm driving home. And I break down right below the the <laughs> right. I'm just picturing this. Yeah, one sixty nine, right below the Jolly Green Giant sign. Oh, literally sh- like in the sure. footprint of it. It was you know if 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 it were today, I probably would take a selfie of me broke down there because this it was, was down there by Lesueur. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so I didn't break down. I mean, more than two two minutes do I stop? I turn the car off. I know exactly what it is. It's got a radiator leak. I got a. I've been put a stop leak stuff in there Mm -hmm. and because we were hunting and whatever it's sad idle i just got to calm down i'll be able to put some more water in there and make it up to the gas station and you know do this put more stop leak in this guy pulls up behind me and he calls and yells at me like he knows me like bill come here so i go there and he's like hey that's a dodge dart slant six isn't it i said it is he goes the radiator's out isn't it I go, it is. He goes, yep, factory flaw. They're known for that. I got a radiator for that car. Let me ask you, has that car got reverse? And I go, yeah. He goes, you and this fast. You want to swap? What? Well, that car, this car's got, doesn't have reverse. I got a, a radiator for a Dodge Dart Slant 6. That car's got reverse. I need reverse. You need to go forward, and this car can go forward. And I said, all right. So... On the side of the highway. So you had to... We dragged that deer. So he pulled the car up. Yeah. You know, he tells me, go, well, go up to your car, get ready, and I'll come, I'll pull this car up there, we'll drive. So as I go up there, I hear I hear him start the car. He waited till I was to the car. Then I heard him start the car, and yeah. he pulled up, and it, you know, he, the radio was on. And so he shut it off right away when he got up close. And then we dragged the deer from the back over to my car, onto the top of that car, and the whole time he's calling me Dutchman. Dutchman. D- Dutchman, <laughs> throw me the rope. Dutchman, you never leave your title in the car, Dutchman. You know, it's, you know. Are you Dutch? No, not at all. Oh, okay, so, I, again, like when he called me, like Doug, like he knew me, I just I just figured this is an old guy who thinks mm. he knows who I am mm. or whatever, right? Or maybe not. Maybe he's out at midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, prowling the, the roads looking for 79, mm-hmm. you know, Dodge Dart Slant 6. Um, so... Long story short is, I left him 20 minutes after I broke down on the side of the road hmm. with a, I left with a 79 Malibu with no reverse. And I left him with a, I think it was a 72, it was a swinger, so I forget what day, what year the the Dodge Dart Slant 6 was um, swinger. So that was my story. And when I got home, I realized, so he also talked me through Strategic parking. Ah, strategic. All you gotta do is strategic park. Don't pull into the first spot. Drive around the lot. You'll find one you can pull through. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't just. You'll be fine. Just think about the times <laughs> you need reverse. How many times you need? You know, he's selling me on this no reverse thing. It, yeah. Um, so I got home and I know the sec- the other second thing was I shut the car off and I immediately pulled the speaker wire from the one speaker in the car because he had a polka tape. No knobs on the whole thing. They like they were busted oh, off. Polka oh, tape. So he called just, everybody Dutchman. That's right. Exactly. So it must have right. But yeah. it was playing. Just the tape would just play and repeat 
through one speaker on the dashboard of the 79 Malibu. So that was the second, first thing I did when I got home was pull that thing out. And then I went to radio school at Brown Institute the next day, and I was telling these guys, they're like, oh, you look tight tired you know i'm like wow you never believe what happened to me you know and i tell the story and then my buddy wood goodman's in the back he goes that's it you're the dutchman that's your radio name you're the there dutchman you so then i for ever completely since completely inappropriate but I hey mean, why not i I've, i'm you know known as the dutchman yeah. and so uh you use that that nickname on radio yeah so then i then i painted that i painted fish on that car that i had mm -hmm. the 79 malibu with no reverse and the and i put dutchman on the back of it like I, you know, on the on the um, trunk. Mm. So what what radio stations uh, did you work for? I worked first for KSTP, um, and then from KSTP I finished my schooling at uh, Brown Institute and got a job right away. Mm -hmm. And I moved to Tama, Iowa, where I started a radio station called KZAT. And then I moved uh, from that station uh, to another station in Michigan. And, and what were you? You were just being a disc jockey at all these places? No, or? I was actually in sales. Went to Brown oh, Institute. Oh, you were doing sales, okay. And, and Terry, I can't remember, forget Terry's last name at Brown Institute, but he was the placement guy when I was there. Mm -hmm. And uh, Terry said, what, do you want, what list do you want to be on? And I was totally, what? What are you talking about? Well, you, when you graduate, do you want to be on the DJ list or do you want to be on the sales list? And, well, who's on the sales list? Nobody. Everybody's on the DJ list. I said, well, put me on the sales list. Mm -hmm. So then I got my first job as a, a sales manager. Mm -hmm. uh, making $1,200 a month well. in, in Tama, Iowa. And so what was great about that is I got the job before I got out of school, before I graduated, and then I was making money, but I also got to go down and, I mean, a small market like that, you're on the radio. You're, you're, sure. you're pulling shifts. You're going to be a DJ, Yeah. right? You're just not a DJ. You don't have a, a solid shift, you know? Mm. So I was doing weekends and, and remotes and, you know, pulling out the Marty unit and sending the signal, doing the the you know, remote broadcast from the car dealers. And I had a bicycle that I would ride, ride around and give out coffee because we were a new radio station there. Same with the second station that I went to in Michigan. That was a brand new station called WMOM. Always listen to your mom. Ah. And uh, <laughs> that, that station was the same thing, a startup, brand new, top 40. So people were just ecstatic about like, yeah. the activity, the young people and the, all the stuff that was going on. It was pretty fun. Well, you must have uh, you must have been a big man in town then. Yeah, that I mean, when I was 24 and I was the general manager of WMOM Radio, I mean, wow! It honestly, it was the coolest thing. And I don't, I think back to it and I go, oh my gosh, we had I was in charge of these people, mm -hmm. <laughs> and we, you know, we put together all this stuff. And I remember I put a nap room into the the building that we had, and the main boss came back. He goes, what are you what are you doing? What what is this? Are you guys sleeping here? Nobody's sleeping here. You know, like thinking someone's moving in. It's like, no, we, we work all day, every day here. Yeah. And then we go out to the remotes and we do the remotes till two o'clock in the morning. We bring all the gear back. It's like, we're tired. If a guy can between the morning show and going out to see somebody, he can take a nap. Well, you were way ahead of your time. Totally. totally I mean, all these, the all these big tech companies and Silicon Valley, they, they always, they have the same thing. Standard. They, they have nap rooms, yeah. yeah right. And, I mean, you, we're going to provide him coffee. He, he always hated, he, oh, he loved providing coffee, but he hated providing toilet paper. It was like, it was <laughs> like the, because he thought, again, you're stealing it. So you basically you, I don't had, pay you enough, and you, I know you're taking my toilet paper. And, you so know. you had to wipe with the, with the, uh, with the uh, paper coffee cup. 
Yeah. No, we, we actually had to, it was funny because he was, he was a neurotic guy <laughs> yeah. with diabetes. Mm -hmm. His blood sugar would crash in a moment and he would say, we got to go. Let's go. You know, he'd bang on the table and we got to go eat. And so we, mm -hmm. no matter what we were doing, we had to go eat. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was at those times that we would have him get toilet paper. Yeah, because we he was oh. he was he was after the, right after the meal he was feeling good yep. his blood sugar was good and we're like hey you know can we stop and get some you know cleaning supplies for the building oh yeah because he wouldn't give me the credit card although I was in charge of all these people and writing their checks I could I couldn't have a credit card. There's anyway. something interesting about WMOM. Yes, I actually uh, looked it up to see what the deal was. It's still going. Yeah, but on April first, twenty nineteen, uh, the signal just went silent. And everyone assumed that it was an April Fool's prank because it's April 1st. Uh, but no, the owner just decided to pull all the equipment and leave without telling anyone. That's him. Oh, yeah? Same yeah. guy, huh? Yeah, same guy. Oh, yeah. So uh, Patrick Pat, Lopeman. Pat Lopeman. Yeah. Pat, the yeah. money man. Yeah, he just, yeah, April 1st, 2019. <laughs> Called him the money man. He said he was about to turn 70. He's past retirement age, so he's just quitting without telling anyone. Yeah. Station was dead for a year. And then all of a sudden, this new uh, ownership comes and buys the station, and now it's back on the air. Yeah, and that's how he started it too. I mean, it was a. I remember the the antenna because what Pat Lopeman is his name, but he went by Pat Martin in the business. He was a radio mm -hmm. guy, and he fancied himself as which he did. I give him a ton of credit because he he did go start radio stations. So he was a mm -hmm. a radio. Yeah, he was the owner of the whole station. Oh yeah, he had met multiple stations across. But he what he his gig was was actually started by stripping out in Chicago. Uh, what's what center was it? The Sears Tower that had all the radio antennas on. Yeah, it? oh yeah. So when they would do the transformer, he would go and bid on taking all, scrapping all their oh, stuff yeah. out. And so what he would you can get do, it for nothing. He would go bid the scrap. You know, they'd pay him to take it out of there, and then he'd go sell them to these radio stations because you know a tube is like eight hundred dollars for a transmitter tube. You know, or a thousand dollars, and if you have a bad rainstorm one day, and it can go, you can go through tubes. You know, a couple tubes mm -hmm. a year, right? So you got to either have them on on hand or know somebody that. Right, but they don't make them. So he was the, so he was a scrap guy, scrap. So the antenna and all the equipment that we had at WMOM. So he started with zero debt. So day month one, we were profitable because we did this penny an ad beforehand. We sold ads for a penny, but you had to buy a whole year's worth mm -hmm. of, of ads. Oh, that really adds up then. It does. It, well, <laughs> after a while, but these were our key. You know, these were the car dealers, the funeral Pretty homes. Pretty soon, they're paying fifteen dollars. Right. You, see, you get it. Yeah. So they, they, they and they and the other thing was was uh, the the other catch was it was you had to be it was all up front. So mm -hmm. we're getting into a long term uh, contract, okay. but you're going to help us and you're going to be one of our you know, primary people. But it shut down one day, and I had to drive out to the apple orchard and go in and plug into the transmitter to keep the station on the air because we had already started, mm -hmm. and then it was off the air because of the because of a malfunction between the transmitter and the building so it was a great experience i learned a bunch of great stuff learned a lot about sales learned a lot about cars mm -hmm. i learned because those were my first car dealer clients you know where you'd get you you'd get them to buy these 13-week programs because that just like this book says you know you're, you got to advertise and market your stuff right yeah and then gm and ford all do co-oping so if you spend money you get money i was just able to put those programs together for them during that time. Fun times. Well, another fun fact about WMOM before we go on to whatever else you guys talk about. That was a, this frequency was actually a Coast Guard ship. 
when it originated as a Coast Guard ship, and there is a little known fact that if a, a Coast Guard ship or any frequency owned by the government and you want it, call letters, you can petition and request them. So this owner, Pat, figured that out and thought, what would be an interesting radio station name? And he came up with WMOM, mm -hmm. which was a Coast Guard cutter ship. So he petitioned and got that that call, those call letters to be used for his radio station. I didn't know Coast Guard ships had their own call signs. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Right? So you, they're, they're working the radios. I mean, they're they're, they're radio suppose, frequencies. And they, and, they, yeah. and they own them, so those vessels all have their mm -hmm. their own thing. So what uh, what drove you out of the radio business? Uh, money. Like, you know. Like, uh, like most people. Yeah. Just, just starting a young family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really, I think at, at one point um, I was frustrated because I was – ever available holidays mm -hmm. um, somebody's sick filling in for this person filling in for that person you know and I won't name the the broadcasting company that that I work for but I, w I would I'm here and I live here and I they would see me everywhere and I would do everything for the for the company right mm -hmm. from receptionist to I would fill in and do everything and then they'd hire these people from out of town and they'd fly them in or move them, you know, actually pay to move them here to produce a radio show. And they were gone in six months or whatever. They went to the competition. They just wanted to get back to the market. And in the, the business, they didn't care. But then I'm like, why are you passing me up for this stuff, right? Why? You, I could have been doing that work. I do the same stuff, right? Like, yeah. I, um, but they weren't interested in, they, you know, they didn't, I didn't have what it took or well, what Well, it's, it's the old story, you know, an, an expert is someone who lives 100 miles away, you know. You know, if they, right. If they, you can't be an expert if you're right, right there in the neighborhood. Right. You've been here the whole time. How would you know how to do the stuff that we're doing? Yeah. Jimmy? Exactly. Then right? you just taken for granted, and yeah. that's that's the end of that. So instead of that, I thought, you know what? It's I'm going to go and do, you know, more for making money versus doing the the stuff. But I've always stayed into it. Right. Yeah. I've always do voice work. I've got friends that have, you know, bit services. They have um, networks that they need commercial voices they need people to play roles or whatever you know on hold mm -hmm. so i've done i still do a bunch of stuff behind the scenes so you do a lot of voiceovers still? i don't i shouldn't say i do a lot of voiceovers well nobody I, does a lot of voiceovers I, we help out the, yeah. <laughs> that's the day is gone when the, a lot of us were doing voiceovers. Yep. my latest is uh, uh my my friend does all uh, not all but some mixing for music for high school dance lines and so i've been the voice of the now coming to the stage you know the mm, yeah right so whatever it is so i've been to state mm -hmm. the past three years my voice has been at state wow yeah it's kind of cool yeah nobody knows it's me but when i my daughter's in it and she goes to watch i said listen for your dad like she could pick me out but so you don't you don't go to to go to the state tournament and then look at people and say hey, that, that was me did you hear me that was me yep yep <laughs> <laughs> They're set up for autographs. That might be kind of a fun booth, you know. Yeah. I was the voice. Did you hear me out there? Mm -hmm. I'll sign this for you. Sign the. Yeah. No, I don't. And actually, my daughter would never listen to this show ever, so it doesn't matter. But I could care less about dance line. Yeah. You know, I'm one of those dads that I support. She does great. I'll go to the stuff, but I'm not going to state to watch kids that aren't me or my kids. You know, dance. No, that would just if be we weird. It's totally weird. But yeah. there are no. But there's dance families. I don't want to discredit dance dads out there. Well, no, because there are a lot of dance dads out there. But I'm not one of them. I'm. Yeah. I learned from my dad. He never went to. I mean, 
I can count on my hand in one hand the the shows that he came to see of mine or oh yeah you know the practice they didn't come to anything they didn't come to practice no. it wasn't an expectation i don't know when that switched where now you know moms and dads are sitting there watching practice my dad practice is weird it's like it's just practice well, let the kids go let the coach be the coach if you're sitting yeah, on the exactly. sideline they're looking at you going well you know did you see that well that's the thing is they want the control the constant you Probably. know input well that yeah that's right and you know i coached uh i coached for many years i coached for about 15 years but i just coached my kids you know, I wasn't one of those guys who wanted to stick around afterwards. Sure. And I, 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 I have nothing against guys who want to keep coaching kids when their kids are done playing. You know, obviously they're weird and perverse, but I don't have anything against them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, it's, but uh, you know, but my parents, well, my dad especially, because he's the one you would have expected to come to the ball games. Think never, never, never showed up really. Yeah. Uh, but my kids were always angry at me. Because I would show up for everything. Oh, okay. It's like, you know, my... Because my, you could. Cause, well, because I could, right. Because yeah. I, you know, my kids would be... My kids, mostly my kids played tennis in high school. And because uh, I wanted them to play a sport that w- where they wouldn't have concussions. My, my middle son could have been a really good soccer player. But I told him and the coach, I said, he's not going to do any headers. So, you know, that's it. That's the rule. Yeah. Now, I'm not. I'm just never going to allow my kid to do that because it's stupid. Yeah. And now, of course, they don't use. They don't. You know, now, when the kids are, I don't think they 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 do. They hit the ball with their head. I think until they're like 14 or something. Sure. But they shouldn't at all. Right. I mean, I realize that's half the game. They still shouldn't do it at all. Right. But I would always show up to watch my kids play tennis, and the tennis matches, of course, were obviously in the afternoon. Couldn't play in the evening. Didn't have any lights or anything like that. And my kids were embarrassed. Like, like, nobody else's dad shows up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then it was like, well, you can show up, but you have to hide. <laughs> it's like I'm. I feel like I'm doing something surreptitious, yeah. you know. And whatever you do, don't say anything. Yeah, well, that is. I get that. That is a hard, hard and fast rule. There were a couple other dads who would show up occasionally, and they didn't always understand the protocol. And they, you know, yell. Come on, Jimmy. You know you got to go to the net, and right. it's like everybody would just look in horror. Look over, yeah. Uh, worst, the worst thing you could do was question a call, yeah. Because you know the players make their own calls, so you know a kid would, a kid, a father's kid would hit the ball and it was obviously in and be called out, and the father would be outraged. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so were you a coach for baseball or tennis? Or? Base, baseball mostly. Yeah. Baseball, okay. Yeah, I didn't coach tennis. I played tennis. But I didn't start playing tennis till I was forty. Um, and, but um, but yeah, I I what I really liked was coaching t-ball. That's the best sport for me. Kids are young and they're and they're having fun. Well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time in a way. You bought a DeLorean franchise. Not exactly. Uh. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal. So what's a 1995 Camry worth? Deep sympathy. Uh. Mike, have you considered something newer? Well, I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was? No. It's major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer. I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program. Of course, people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold 45,000 cars last year, and we took back less than 100. 
Amazing upfront pricing, a free 150,000-mile warranty, a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to walzer.com. Can I add something? No. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. What kind of car did you drive then? What are you hauling them around in? Uh, I had I had one of these uh, Taurus wagons Ooh. with the uh, rusted hatch ba- hatch in the back. Sure, mm-hmm. you, you may remember they always they always did always corroded. Yep. Yeah, and one day Taurus. One day I was I was running a little late f- uh, to practice. I was in a hurry, and uh, I uh, I opened up the hatch in Ooh. back real fast. And I, what I wound up with was when I checked, when I kind of put my hand on my head, oh, yep. I wound up with a handful of rust and blood in my hand. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I, I continued taking out the uh, equipment, and uh, there was there were a couple other dads there, and I'd say, well, uh, hopefully I'll be back. <laughs> and then of course I went to the uh, to the minute clinic to get a tetanus shot. Yep. <laughs> and I hear those aren't pleasant. Uh, you no, know, they're well, no. Uh, also, you know, the booster. It's 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 like I walked in and, and there were a ton of people there, and I got my number, and I sat there for about ten minutes, timing how long each each one took, mm-hmm. and then it, I, it was like four o'clock, and I estimated that I'd be able to get my shot at about six o'clock, so then I just put like a towel over my rusted, bloodied head, and went back to practice, and then went back to get my tetanus shot. Yeah, why why wait? Right? But I mean, the thing go help is, out. you're not dead. Have you ever known anyone who had lockjaw? No. I don't even know what lockjaw is. When I was a kid, there were always everyone was always like, "Oh, don't touch that. You're going to get lockjaw." But yeah, it's Yeah. I can't imagine yeah, I I there are a lot of cases of lockjaw. Let's find out actually. I yeah. don't think so. Well, now, maybe maybe something else w- worse would happen if you if you Well, yeah, tetanus doesn't just give you lockjaw, no, right. but that's like the main thing well maybe the government just told us that but that's so that what people would. always said yeah, yeah. and and uh, now so, i think you what do you have to do get one every seven years or something so i look at the <laughs> okay so uh the annual number of people in the u.s who get tetanus mm-hmm. 30 <laughs> so wow. it's not a lot it's basically just a scam then yeah kind of yeah to get you inoculated well how do you get tetanus really uh it's a bacteria and it does thrive in rust for some reason mm-hmm. but yeah you have to uh, get the uh, bacteria in your bloodstream okay. step on a nail 
Everybody's That's, classic. I've done yep, it. It that, sucks. Oh, oh God. Sure. Yeah. I remember yeah. when I was. Yeah, I've done it. I've yeah. done it. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was probably like eight or nine. I stepped on a nail that was sticking straight up. Yep. Went right through my foot. Yeah. And then uh, the, the, the tenderness of the impact zone always was, for me, always the sore spot. I mean, it would just stay. Yeah. It was like on the ball of your mm-hmm. foot or it was somewhere where the meaty part where, you know, you touched it a lot and it was like always, ah, ooh, yep. ah. I, Yeah, I stepped on a rusty can that was uh, in 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 uh, in a lake. The water, yeah. So I was just kind of walking through there, you know, and I, I couldn't see. Well, yeah. actually, I think I had my glasses off because I was swimming. So my glasses off, I can't see anything. You couldn't see anything when I was eight. So that's when that's when I had to get oh, the, yep. I had to get the emergency tetanus shot. No, I could never walk around outside without my glasses on. I I couldn't see the ground. See, I got uh, yeah. a LASIK. You guys probably can't. I don't know. I, I want to get LASIK eventually, but the whole like do eye flap thing freaks me out. Yeah, do it sooner than later, and just don't watch the video. That's what I did. Mm. When they said, you yeah. sit down here, we we're going to show you what you do. I didn't watch any of it. I looked at my phone. I'm like, okay, yep. Mm-hmm, well, the problem I is I've already learned. Panic. I've already learned everything there is to learn about LASIK. But I yeah. wish I would have done it sooner. My brothers and my sister did it a long time ago, and they got a lot longer use. But I have cheaters now because Well, LASIK can't 40, fix that. It can't, yeah. So LASIK, uh, yeah, that has to do with the uh, lens in your eye. And they can do that apparently right. when you get your cataract. You right. can do some lens stuff there to yeah. change up. Yeah, I've got I've, uh, my my prescription would be minus nineteen. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I think I'm like six or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and, no, and that's bad. So. My 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 eye doctor told me once that if if I was let's say I was watching a Vikings game and there were fifty thousand people in the stadium, I would be the most nearsighted person in the stadium. Absolutely. Minus nineteen is about as bad as it gets. Yeah, and, and every time I go to to any you know, I have of course a series of ophthalmologists, mm-hmm. one for the retina, you know, and all this stuff. And I've had a lot of I've had all sorts of things happen to my eyes because that's what happens when you're that nearsighted. Mm. You know, terrible things happen. And um, but every time I consult anyone, they they always say, you know, it's pretty amazing you're not blind. <laughs> well, you yeah. kind of are. Yeah, no, I am. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of a freak there. And usually, well, terrible things happen. Your retinas basically are, are under such stress that they tear and mine have torn. Yeah. And, you know, I've got like holes in my retina. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just because the retina, it's like a, you know, it, it's it's like a rubber band that gets stretched too, too far because you're with... When you're really nearsighted, they, your eyes bulge out. Oh. Yeah. So I'm at the point where the state of Minnesota has given me a list of re- about 10 restrictions. They said, you can drive, but here are all the things you can't do, yeah. yep. <laughs> which I don't do anyway. Right. It doesn't matter. But, yeah, so it's a, it's a scary thing. Yeah, yeah like no I fun. said, I'm minus 6, maybe minus 9, I don't know, somewhere around there. Yeah. But, yeah, minus well, nine is is sort of in in the United States. Minus nine is considered to be uh, sort of I don't know if they call it it's I don't know if they call it extreme, but it's uh, there's a term for it. It's bad. Is what it is. I know that without my glasses, I am considered legally blind. Yeah. So there's that. I can call myself blind if I really wanted, but I mean, it, so, I have glasses, so I'm not. Mike, you don't drive. I drive, but not really, not much. Yeah. Not much. And not close. fast. Not fast. No, I mean... Uh, and you just ignore the horns. Right? I can't I mean, drive on a highway. Uh, that's I, I wouldn't anyway, but that's one of the restrictions. Sure. And uh, I'm not supposed to drive any more than five miles away from my home. Okay. Uh-huh. That's okay. another restriction. Well, what's your corrected vision? 
Uh, corrected vision, well, you know, it's, it's uh, of course, now I have cataracts. I, I had, I yeah, had that... cataract surgery. So now I've got the, impl- the lenses implanted. Oh, you got the lens implants? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Which is good. However, uh, I also suffer from double vision. Uh, that's another thing that can happen. Foreigner song. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, that just keeps coming up. It's huh? a mm-hmm. non-binocular situation. Mm-hmm. So I have to wear uh, the the glasses that you see over here that I wear have they have prisms in them. Yeah. The prisms fuse the images together. Oh. Wow. So, so there's a lot of so stuff. So close out. You got double vision here with me. Yeah, I can see two of you. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Let me try that. Okay, that's I cross my eyes and I can do that. Yep. That's weird. To have to be I, like that. I used to work with the guy who was who had two faces, but that's another story. Mm, yeah, that's that is. I won't I won't go into it. I, sometimes I, I slip and talk about him. So what's it going to take to get you into a used car today, <laughs> Mike? Uh, you know, I, a I, lot. Need a, I need a, a prism windshield. Is hey. what I need. Oh, that there could you be go. The, it's a new invention. Yeah, yeah. the new thing. Uh-huh. So or uh, just wear an eye patch, I suppose. I've been having discussions with, yeah. with my friends who have senior parents who they're getting close to this to this taking the car away yep. syndrome. And it's I, never easy. I've suggested to one of them that they get a car service. And mm-hmm. they said, well, what are you talking about? And I said, well, just go get Total Limo and get in a contract with them mm-hmm. and give mom the number. And when mom wants to go somewhere, she calls them. Yeah. They will stay with her and bring her and do whatever. And if you think about it, the it's probably mom, less than a car payment. Yes, yeah. or even even the upkeep, and knowing the fact that your parent is safe mm-hmm. and they're still actively out doing something with a companion. I mean, if you go through a car service, there these are reputable people. This isn't this isn't sure. you're going to get the daily person. I mean, which you might you might get a daily person who's not your your normal driver, but they're vetted. They're mm-hmm. so they're, what would it cost? Um, he's actually he's in, I can. Find out for next week. Okay. Next week's show, it'll be a cliffhanger. We'll Is find Doug out back he's, next week? Because he's doing it. I don't know. I just thought it'd I, be fun to say. <laughs> I, well, I mean, you can come in if you want. Well, but I'll I call think, in and tell you no matter I what. I think Doug is back next week. I will verify that. Yeah, though. he is. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's it's um, it's it's a it's a chore for me. and uh, But, uh, you know, the thing is, like, I the last time I drove at night, I think, was 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, that's another thing. If you're if you're very nearsighted, uh, your night vision goes when you're still in your 30s, basically. Wow. Oh, great. Yeah. So I would never. I, I still have nightmares that I have to drive at night. Sure. Like there's an emergency and I have to drive. Mm, panic. And it, yeah, it's not a, it's not a pleasant dream at all. Right. No. Uh, especially because the last time I drove at night, I wound up driving. Um, the wrong direction on Highway 55. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. not good. Yeah, <laughs> not good. So, well, maybe that's a great sponsorship here. It could be. We can get you in to like uh, get somebody, and they'll, they'll bring you rides. You'll tell them about your mm-hmm. rides, and, and uh, it'll be a – I don't know. I think it's a solution for, again, for an elderly parent. Get, mm-hmm. Sell their car, use that those funds to just uh, – you know. Couldn't have done that for my dad, though. Yeah, I was going to say the hard part is getting them to acknowledge that they cannot drive anymore. Well, no, that's no, hard. My, yeah, I'm not, I've never been there, but my dad I can only said, imagine. My dad said that it was possible that he might think about stop dri- stopping driving when he was 100. Mm-hmm, exactly. And he was about 88, and he had dementia. And, uh, and so uh, when I finally – I finally arranged to have the state take away his driver's license. I mean, he was going to kill any number of people. Sure. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and he came close a number of times. 
and that was when he vowed uh, that he would uh, he would hate me to his dying day. Yeah, he told that story, mm-hmm. which he did. Yeah, he, he actually did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> still, I mean, I thought at first, sit, like you sitting know, around him there, and he's yeah. I still hate you. <laughs> I just thought, well, he'll forget about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. it's the one thing he could remember. Yeah, it's, yeah, of course, right to the end. We yeah. laugh. Sorry about that. That's <laughs> terrible. That you, you no, were there no. to understand that your dad hated you to the end. Well, he loved me before that. Oh, okay, so, yeah. so there's some <laughs> some positive. It averaged out to be pretty. Good. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, I, I understood, but it was a it was a challenge, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I'd hear him. I'd. I'd I'd go over to see him every day in, in his uh, assisted living apartment, and I'd, I'd uh, approach the door, and I'd hear him inside. He'd be on the phone, and, you know, he'd be saying, well, I'll tell Dick, uh, you know, I'd be glad to have lunch next week. Oh, yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, well, sure, Bill can come along. That'll be fine. Oh, there's a knock on my door. And then he would come to the door, open the door, and then he would walk back to his desk and it would take him about five minutes to get yep. there. Yep. And then he would sit down, and he would uh, he would put his anguished head into his hands, <laughs> and say, "Well, what are you doing here?" Mm. Yeah. And that was the days when he, he hated me to his grave. He hated me, but he especially hated me if I wasn't there by 4 p.m. every oh, day. Oh, sure. of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was win. the daily hate. Yeah, you can't win. Yeah, you it's can't. a Kafka trap. Yeah. You, can. you know. Don't show up, it's bad. You show up, it's bad. Yeah. Aging was, parents is, is a very difficult path, you know. For, parents. It happens to every. Well, oh, I guess gone. it doesn't technically happen to everyone, but it happens to most people. To, to a yeah. lot, yeah. Yeah, they, what, they, what they're like is like, you know, this, this you can't win thing. It's, it's sort of like what, um, well, it's, it's sort of like, uh, think, about, think about the uh, <clears throat> Pete Buttigieg, right? So he's being... He's being eviscerated now because he didn't show up right away at the derailment site. Mm-hmm. If he'd showed up right away, he'd be eviscerated because he'd be grandstanding there and he'd be turning it into a political event. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the way, that's, that's, yeah. and that sort of thing bleeds into our daily conduct. Yeah. Well, it's, oh. I remember uh, Hurricane Katrina. I think it. Bush went and played guitar for people or something like that. And everyone was like, oh, I can't believe Bush is you know, going playing guitar. It's like, what? I don't know. Well, He's, when Trump, when Trump threw paper towels right. at the, uh, at the, when the hurricane went, was, was in Puerto Rico? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now I would say no matter what side of the aisle you're on, that might not have been the thing to do. Yeah. No paper towels? Well, I mean, whatever. It's, it's so... Soak up some of that water. The, yeah. The lens of, <laughs> right. of uh, know-it-allism is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, tried and true, and I call those professional citizens in my world. There's a lot of professional citizens out there. And your story about uh, being a coach and coaching f- through when your kids were is how I envision me doing political stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to be up on eight years. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get the next coach in here and see how far we can get the team. You know, like get some different eyes in, and you mm-hmm. know, and I can sit back and watch, and I can help. I could. You Do know. you have term limits? We don't. But okay. I'm I'm a self-inflicted time. Or, you know, I, th- right. I think we should. We all have a usefulness date on ourselves. You yeah. know, and sometimes sticking around too long is hurtful, and it, it, it may show prove too. Um, you know, I'm wrong in saying I want to leave at eight because who knows on the eighth year what's happening and if I need to stay yeah. because 
And that's the other thing yeah. politicians say. Sure, well, they're needed. I'm, I'm needed. You I know? gotta get this finished. I gotta get yeah. this one done. I'm not done yet. I, again, I don't know that I would do. An, I would want to do another four years. Well, here's I, an idea I, for I your your exit strategy. Tell me. So it occurs to me. So there's South St. Paul. Yes. There's West St. Paul. Yes. And there's North St. Paul. Yes. If you merged, you'd have a great tactical advantage against the city of St. Paul. So if you ever wanted to annex it. You can go in through every side. Oh, yeah. yeah there That's you what go. you should do. Not a you can bad just idea. become Greater St. Paul. There you go. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Uh, St. Paul, my mom's from St. Paul. Mm-hmm. She's a Moriarty. And oh, of course. Yeah. So she's a tr- Moriarty. That is a St. Paul name. And we grew up, no, you know, like we were the South St. Paul was the little brother to St. Paul. Like it was, mm-hmm. you know, always. Well, Southwest and North are all about the same size, right? West and South. West is getting a little bigger than us, but yeah, we're 20,000, oh, yeah. 20, 21,000 yeah. people. Oh, so about, yeah. Yeah. I, I studied, um, supposedly I studied political science in college. I don't really think I had a major since I was a long ways from graduating. But I studied political science. I worked as an intern on Capitol Hill. I covered politics as a reporter. And the last thing I would ever want to do is run for political office. Yeah. Hey, this is a good time, though. For those that that are different than you, this I, is, I don't. This I is the time even, to get up and do it. I wouldn't even want to run for, you know, city council in St. Louis Park. But I, you need I to. Want to run for we anything. need good people running. You know, we need people that aren't going to put their stuff in mm-hmm. front. You know, parties or even their own thing. They, you know, I the West St. Paul. We sat down with them, the council members in West St. Paul, um, just visiting, getting to know each other. And one of them had mentioned, like, Jimmy, how do you do it? How do you keep your personal thoughts out of the stuff? Right, mm-hmm. and our but it's like our role is at fifty thousand feet. Now, me, Jimmy, personally, doesn't want to pay taxes any more than anybody else does. Mm-hmm. Right, but, but if, if the city at, needs at, it, at fifty thousand foot, if yeah. it's fair and equitable yeah. for everybody, then we need to be doing mm-hmm. more of those stuff. So I take myself out of that, mm-hmm. and, that and that's again. People, the, the hardest part for that is because people get passionate and people get emotional about topics. But at the end of the day, people in our roles are just supposed to be future planners. We're yeah. just supposed yeah. to be working on the stuff that's you know down the line, and the staff works on the day to day, right? So when there's a shooting, mm. which there's been in our town, we had a police officer you know shot at, or several, and hit, um, and they you know defused this person with a. Oh, gun. that was recently. That was in my time. Yeah, yeah it, it's seven. I mean, I've been there seven years. Okay. Um, you know, and and I just I went to the press conference and the chief looks at me and says, do you, you know, you'll open this up. And I said, no, I'm standing behind you to show that I'm here with you, mm-hmm. but this is your deal. Yeah. You guys know what's up. You and the city administrator get up there because I, you, you want to be there for support. You don't, you don't want to be You don't want to take the reins. No, because I've seen, I've watched all these other cities do oh. that stuff, you know, take over where you yeah, try like to get the on. The mayor or the governor feels the need to comment on absolutely everything yeah. as if they have expertise in absolutely everything when they really don't. And well, give it some time, people. This is not, I mean, a real life and the, the figure out what happens takes time. Yes, it Anything does. Anything good takes time. Relationships, mm-hmm. buying houses. Think about it. Think about any big purchase or anything big that happens it takes time Mm -hmm. so things that happen unfortunately which is big can't be solved in five minutes Uh, people think they can because they don't understand what goes into it right yeah and then then mob mentality gets to it and then people Mm -hmm. behind the keyboards get into it and you know they're all right and then they pick apart something and then somebody throws a red herring in there and oh look at this guy's background he's he's in bed with these guys Mm -hmm. you know it's like well calm down we're 
we're fixing the potholes. <laughs> Do you find that nimbyism makes things much more difficult? Well, there's always, yeah, absolutely. And people who don't know, NIMBY stands for not in my backyard. So yeah. that would be like, you know, everyone wants green energy. That's like the new thing. Yeah. But no one wants a wind turbine right next to their house. So they want a wind turbine. You just had to put it over yeah. there where I don't live. Yeah. And yeah. That, that makes it basically impossible to place anything because someone lives everywhere. Well, luckily, you've got solar panels. Solar panels are nice, but there are a lot of people who are like, oh, I don't want to look at those. They make the roof look hideous, that yeah. sort of thing. Well, but, you know, but Donald Trump said windmills uh, cause cancer. Whoa, that's well, weird. I don't know. Maybe they do. No, he actually said that, yeah. Probably well, one case, at least, in human history of someone eating a windmill blade and <laughs> getting cancer from the formaldehyde. I guess that's the way, yeah. So yeah possible. Had, we grew up with solar on our house that heated our water. Yeah. Solar on roofs is a really good idea, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, for, for on-demand things, yes. Um, I'm not, I mean, again, there's experts out there that will tell you whatever, but solar is dismal in my mind. There's the battery length or the st where you store that stuff is you not... shouldn't try to store it it's a horrible well, idea of course and the stuff the buyback so when you get into <clears> these <throat> things with xl energy now it's good but when they stop buying it back yep mm. what it doesn't do you any good you're you're stuck with it and if you can't if there's no mechanism for you to use it when it's on or to store some of it so that right. you could use it well your house has to have like for example our house has an electric water heater so we're always using some sort of electricity to a you know fairly decent extent. Yeah. Mm. So if we had a solar panel on our roof, it would be, it would be pretty much outputting to a device all the time at some point. Right. That's what was good with the water was it would heat the water. Exactly. During the, my dad would always say, I mean, he hated us taking showers no matter what. Mm. Um, but it was if it was a nice bright sunny day, he would be like, "Go take a shower. Yep. You guys go take a shower because exactly. it's free hot water." I mean. <laughs> the hot water, the, the water heater wasn't running, but the water was costing. But it was like, take a quick one, take a right. quick one. Yeah, yeah and I turned into my dad now. So people don't realize the real pitfall when it comes to as available energy, which as available means that you don't really have control over when it's going to. You know, it, you can't control the wind, you can't control the sun. So a solar panel, it's available when the sun's out. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is. People are always like, oh, you just, you know, you build a battery to store the energy. But batteries are not really good. Google I mean, consider that. how long it took to get a battery that can just power a car. Google it. It's interesting to see the amount of battery space that would be needed yep. to operate versus what we have today yep. to hmm. build. It's just, it's not even... You'd need buildings full of batteries, yeah. I just, again, I just don't think it's sustainable to... Uh, to you know the everyday people and they make you feel like they are and they give you the discounts and the rebates and that brings people in but well i don't think anyone should try to replace on-demand power i think that as available is a great supplement to sure. what we have right now it's like so you know there's the power plant it's burning coal or oil or whatever it's not great but it's what we've got so you put a solar panel on your roof and maybe for eight hours of the day, they don't need to burn oil for your house. It saves a little bit of oil. I mean, it's not going to instantly solve the problem like everyone wants, but if everyone did it, we could probably save tens of thousands of gallons of oil every day. But you, <laughs> yeah, that was Ethan. <laughs> wow. But you still need, you still Special do guess. need- emphasis. You still do need something that you can burn or, uh, 
you know, harvest for energy for when you need it. See, now, if I was listening um, and not being in the room and just listening with my ears, I would say that you have a parakeet in the studio. He does sound, yeah, he <laughs> makes dinosaur noises, bird yeah. noises, yeah, all sorts of different animals. Mike, have you ever had animals? Birds, yeah. dogs, cats? Cats, yeah. Cats? I'm a cat guy. You yeah. seem like a cat guy. Yeah. It goes along with the disheveled uh, my cat sh- is, shirt. My cat's kind of like the opposite of me. My cat never says anything. Ah. Uh. Mm. Yeah, no cat doesn't vocalize at all. And, you know, I... Does it like you? Uh, it's hard to tell. Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell with some cats, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the cat I had before was, you know, she was never more than a few feet away from me, slept with me, mm-hmm. you know, worshipped me, mm-hmm. and and the feeling was mutual. This one, I got this cat when she was about a year old, and uh, I got it, a friend of mine's daughter uh, had the cat, and uh, but she couldn't keep the cat she uh where she was moving she couldn't keep it but she loved the cat much more than i loved the cat Mm -hmm. and uh so when my cat almost died uh um you know back in december uh i started i really worried because i i I didn't know how i was going to explain it i knew that she'd be very mad her previous owner would be very mad at me and so i thought well okay so i'll just go to uh I just go around to all the all the uh, humane society uh, places places and and I'll I'll find a cat that looks Classic. it's just a cat right it's the same thing it's like a goldfish the problem is it's a cat it's got it's got sort of like blonde hair with red stripes on it it's called a buff tabby uh, so it's not like a rare cat but they are hard to find and but the problem is if I if I found one that looked like the 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 old cat. And my friend's daughter came over to visit, which she does sometimes, to see her old cat, Stella. Um, the, the new cat would, would probably meow or something, and that would give it away. Sure. Because my cat doesn't, doesn't meow. Doesn't talk. Yeah. So doesn't vocalize. I, so I just figured, I know I'm stuck with it. I'm going to have to spend the $2,000 to try to save the cat's life. And uh, so... Now, now the cat's okay, I guess. Doing it. But boy, those nights you spend in the uh, emergency pet places, and uh, there's not a lot of camaraderie there when you're there sitting in a little room. Right. And uh, I've said this before, but you know, invariably I've had I've had to do it a couple of times. Invariably, someone comes up with a pit bull that's been shot. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's when things start to get really ugly. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of going through that right now with our cat. He's 17 years old. Oh, Hobbs. Hobbs, yep. He's still kicking. Yeah, but... I saw that. Uh, I, I saw that he, uh, he's come through a little crisis, though. Yeah, he uh, went down to four and a half pounds. Ooh, that's, that's bad. That's pretty low. Yeah. Now he's he's gained uh, about almost a pound back in a couple weeks. So, you know. That's he's... good. Moving in the right direction. But, I mean, it's a 17-year-old cat. You never know. No, you don't. That's well... the thing. It's like this treatment could be, you know last for two weeks it could last for three years who knows all, all my cats uh, we, we've had seven of them and they all made it to 20 but one yeah, of if them you take care of them 18 is pretty much as you can expect you it. can expect it right mm-hmm. the problem is that one of them made it to 23 that's pretty yeah uh, that wasn't it, it gets, gets pretty pathetic at that, that was point. the point where somebody's just got to take responsibility yeah. yeah my uh, uh melissa's i think her grandma something like that had a cat that was yeah very very old and that's uh 
It was just kind of like it would just like randomly hemorrhage. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. It's, yeah, there's a point where it's, you don't want to be the world's oldest something. It, it's the quality of life issue. Yeah, for sure. It happens yes, with people. Exactly. It people happens with people. Oh, yeah, believe me. I know. Friend, I've seen it. Yeah. My, my friend has a um, hospice for animals that he runs mm-hmm. where he, it's called The Last Ride, and he picks them up, and you, so you think your cat is mm-hmm. having a good time still. Mm-hmm. And uh, what he does is he gets them, he picks them up, he takes a few photographs with them right away, mm-hmm. and then lets them do their thing. Yeah. And then every now and then he sends the family a postcard, mm-hmm. miss you, love you, mm-hmm. having fun, you know, that kind of stuff. So he's done that for some dogs, and the, the dogs, they don't die. Like, would they come to him and they stay alive for another? Like, the family could have had him for I know. a lot longer. But I don't know what the deal is with them, but he just kind of... They stick Boy, around. That, I mean, clean living. I don't know what it is. That's got to leave you feeling pretty ambivalent <laughs> if you if right? you take your dying cat in and three years later it's still, still alive. alive. Yeah, yeah right, really. Exactly. It's like yeah. Well, animals are like that though. You'll think that it's you know they're, yeah. it's, it's their time, and then all of a sudden they'll just pop but, back but isn't up. Isn't it nicer to think about kitty cat out on living on the farm Not life, on a farm you know, or, have, or living in the in the barn with you mm-hmm. know having the best time, best life versus. Thinking about it as you're sitting there with a shot Rottweiler that you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. I have to make decisions on this. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's much better, I think, to think of, of mm-hmm. the, the positive stuff. Do we have to take a break at all? I, I guess. No, I, we don't I, do I never, breaks on the show. I never listen to the show. so I, I do don't... it uh, after the point <laughs> or after the fact. It's all in post. Yeah, Doug. It's movie Doug, magic. Doug knows I'm kidding. I, I listen to you guys. Do you, do you suppose we should say something about Walzer now? We've talked about cars yeah. a little. You we know. talked about cars. We talked Walls about Walls 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 in South St. Paul, too. They got yeah, the Walls you, you Subaru. Yeah, you got that in, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a huge thing for us to have them in town. And, uh, that's for sure. The Subarus are getting really popular. And I learned that they've been there in South St. Paul. I think they started there. Oh, really? And, and, and I, Doug was telling me about it. It was a small deal then they moved to the next spot and then they moved and moved and or you know built and built and grown and so It took me years to uh, I guess forgive them for uh, moving into the space where the Lincoln Dell used to be in Bloomington. Oh, okay. Yeah, the old memories, the nostalgic stuff really, really gets hurt. you. Hurts that you. Hurt. Kicks yeah. you. Yeah. We don't have that too much uh, in South St. Paul. No. I'm kidding. They're, they were so nostalgic for stuff. It's it's unbelievable. Um, but my brother, like you, have a in-law that's in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one too. So my brother's in the business, and I've never... I never even questioned. It's like here's either here's what my payment is or this is what we what we got. What do you got, right? Mm-hmm. And he'll tell us to wait or he'll do his concierge stuff. So I've never I've never been into a car dealer situation where that selling used car book would come in handy to be to fight off those 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 car selling yeah you know tricks. That well, the they last pull on the you. last car I bought from my father in law was uh, it was a, a very terrible. Uh, uh, it was I'm trying to remember. It was like a it was like a a Ford uh, it was like a Ford Mustang type of thing. Um, I, I think it was a Mustang. I can't remember. Anyway, um, Pinto wasn't a Pinto. No, it was not a Pinto. No, the, the, I didn't want to see my car explode from the <laughs> rear. I've exploded from the rear a few times. Oh, it's yeah. just not pleasant. Not spicy. No, uh-uh. That's why I stay away from those tacos. And um, so. Um, this car, this car, it, it, it used to, this car had a unique sort of 
thing going on where it would just basically catch on fire occasionally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it didn't explode, but it would catch on fire. That's So after the last time it caught on fire, I, uh, I scrapped it. And uh, then we went and, uh, and we actually that was when I went and bought the Camry, which I'm still driving today. Oh, and, that's a reliable uh, car. Very reliable car. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bought it in 1999, I think it was. Are you serious? Yeah, still got it. Still it's fine. Well. Oh, those things last forever. Right. And 99. Just, that's the, that was the years I was in WMOM. Ah, it's uh, the the MOM uh, uh, era. Yes. I would have had a preset there if I'd known. So I just called up my father-in-law. I mean, I I like I did I liked him. You know, we got along well. And I called him up and I said, "Yeah, just bought a Camry. I uh, sold the uh, Mustang for scrap." And I said, "And here's the thing: I'm never going to buy one of those pieces of crap from you again." <laughs> now, of course, I didn't know that the Fords actually had gotten pretty good, but you know, in my mind, they were still all. 1999 Fords. Yeah. And there was a big difference. Yeah. And we are back with Stretch's picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit saberheating.com. Uh, during that WMOM time, I drove a new Beetle, Volkswagen Beetle. Sure. Uh, great car, yellow, and uh, I love German cars. Based on that experience, they just they just mm-hmm. know how to make cars. Yeah, uh, cars and, and uh, opiates. Those are two things they always specialize oh, in. Oh, you don't want to mix those two things. Uh, but a lot of people do. It's tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough to do. But yeah, no, basically it was any... was a five-speed, too, which I loved. Any of these drugs that are sold in the street, they originate from Germany, pretty so, much pretty much all. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Germany? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, what? you know, the... the uh, Chemist, physics? Well, there's like Bayer, that's a big pharmaceutical company. Oh, I see company. what you're saying, yes. Sure. And yeah, they, yeah I, don't mean, I don't mean the, like they're surreptitiously coming into right. the country. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, right. a bear. Yeah, they invented heroin. Uh, yeah, I'm oh. just talking about stuff where you know it's just prescription stuff. Yeah, which really is not so great in many cases. But. Well, all that the opiates all came from uh, the poppies. Right, and those are all yeah. That's uh, those are indigenous to Europe. Yeah, I don't even know. If, I don't think we really have poppy fields in America. I don't. Maybe think a so. few, but. Yeah, you you need a lot of poppies to make those pills, so right. It makes sense that they all come from Europe. Yeah, and uh, and they also, of course, uh, they also uh, in Germany they they develop the uh, you know the the methamphetamine yep. stuff for the which, soldiers, yeah, for the soldiers who you know would be would be forced to uh, go out and yep. for like seventy two hours. At, imagine seventy two hours a to- at a time. They're up in a plane bombing various places, and they're high on methamphetamines. Just to keep them pumping, huh? And, and it worked for them. Well, they they might crash in more than one way. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. Yeah, but you can take Poland in no time. So well, it's... Poland was there for the taking. That's true. Yeah, and not not a problem. Austria, not a big problem. Now, as uh, a kid, uh, as an adult, have you guys spent much time in the back seat? 
Did you just call me a kid? Of a car? <laughs> no, you know, I think about when I'm in 36 <laughs> no, years no, old. No, no, no. I'd like to think that I'm still a kid. No, I'm not but... saying now that you're a kid. I'm saying, like, when oh, you were a kid, okay, you would okay. be in the back seat. But now as an adult, you know, <clears throat> sure. back seats, you know. You got any back seat car stories? You know, sitting in the back seat of a car or... I mean, because we... When we I don't were have any up, I can tell. When we were growing up, we had a Suburban, and uh, we would always sit in the third row, mm-hmm. and some of us would even go in the back behind that to the sure. back window of yep. the Suburban. And uh, I used to take um, duct tape and put it over my mouth and pretend like I was kidnapped. You know? <laughs> oh, so people going by, and then, yeah, then they'd drive up and they'd see my mom, you know, no good. tapping her fingers on, you know, singing uh-huh. a, singing Barry Manilow songs. Like, you know, she's well, not kidnapping these kids. She's just keeping them quiet. Yeah, but every, I'm sure at least one time someone was like... Oh, oh it was fun. I would sit there and go, mm, mm, mm-hmm. mm, mm. You know, you get a couple break taps. In the, in the 70s, I did experience the, the pleasure of being in a Volkswagen bus. Oh. You remember the Volkswagen sure. bus? Sure. And usually there was a peace sign drawn on, on the panel. Yeah. and uh, Some sort of like a rainbow motif or something carpet. like that. Uh, I just, yeah. you know, there's always some mm-hmm. shag of some and, kind. And those Volkswagen buses, they would go from zero to 60 in about three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just putting up there. Just groaning and whining. <laughs> Not speedy. No, they sounded like my grandmother. I also remember being in the back of a Lincoln town car, probably circa 70. Not Ooh, the, the, car, the car was like a circa 78 mm-hmm. uh, Lincoln town car, square, big bodied, gray four door with the lights that popped, you know, popped up. It was, oh, a, yeah, it sure. was, it was a grandpa find. Mm-hmm. One, one of my friends had it and he, this guy, we called him the doctor, but the doctor was also did, did, a, did fireworks. And so we were having a, a pleasure weekend of golfing and you know, hijinks, general hijinks, hmm. and he brought some fireworks. And so he said, well, let's go to the point and shoot these off. And so the doctor and Dano said, yep, Dano, Dano was the, the calm-headed guy. So he's like, well, I'm going with just to make sure nobody gets killed. <laughs> and so then I just tagged along, so, so I jumped in the back seat of this car. Maker. Huge. Right in the back seat. It had the, oh, I mean, yeah. it was uh, yep. honestly a beautiful back seat with the well, it's the, the kind of car that's designed leather, to drive people around in. The the armrest was comfortable. Yep. So I'm sitting back there laughing, and, you know, we go to the point to shoot off the fireworks. So he shoots off the first one, and it sh- goes up 20 feet, drops back down into the water, and then explodes in the water. Mm-hmm. You know, this fuse big, might need adjusting a little bit. Whatever. I forget what the doctor said it was. So the doctor's like, uh-oh, we got to do them all. And... Like, what? He goes, that's a sign. When that happens, you do them all. So he put all the rest, I think he had four in the tube and lit them all, right? So it was boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. These big ones. They're like the big as the microphone. Yeah. yeah. But they were salutes. So they just they just were booms, right? Yep. So he does boom, boom, does all that, right? He takes the big tube and throws it in the trunk. Oh. And shuts the trunk. And we jump in the car and go because now the neighbor lady's coming out saying, hey, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, you know, yep. who are you guys? So we are taking off so that the cops don't catch us. Well, what do you think of the back seat? All that sulfur, all that smoke from the tubes mm-hmm. just oh, permeate into yeah. the car, you know, and just it was so we were driving past the sheriff as they were, you know, <laughs> as they were coming towards the deal. Oh. We were going the other way with the windows cracked and I could just imagine smoke the smoke billowing, just billowing out. out of that. Well it kind of smelled great. It you know, for a while it's good, mm-hmm. right? Firework smell is good for a yeah. while, but when you're but then the sulfur trapped it, in it for it just yeah, like, and it lingers it's, yep. it's like mm-hmm. not not good. I actually had this one time. It was Halloween. I think I was like twelve or something like that, and I was dressed up as like a ninja. I think, and I was like, "Well, what do ninjas do?" 
you know, they hide. They're stealthy. Sure. So we were about to get into the car um, to go trick-or-treating because out where I lived, you didn't walk trick-or-treating. It was impossible. It would be like a 20-mile excursion. So we had that third row. I think it was like a Tahoe or something like that, one of the bigger SUVs. And so what I did was I got on the floor. <laughs> see where this is going. I got on the floor <laughs> of the third row, and I covered myself with like some sort of sheet or something. And mom was like, she was looking for me, telling me it's time to go, time to go. I probably was sitting there for like 15 minutes or something like that. I thought I was very clever. But, you know, by the end of it, I just, you know, I came out and I was like, hi, I've been here the whole time. And she was like, yes, very amusing. Thank you. I thought she was going to scream <clears throat> scary, you know. Don't do that. No, know? I wouldn't do that sort of thing. Yeah. Ninjas aren't loud, you see. Uh, I'll never forget the time my brother came in with a balloon and said, no, no, don't shoot. And, and popped the balloon. And M Mama Bear, my mom, came down the hallway oh. and was fit to be tied that that you know she was coming to defend whatever and it was mm -hmm. him, him laughing he got, i never saw somebody get spanked and slapped and you know i mean he cried so fast it was well there are pranks and then there are just bad ideas that was a bad idea that was a bad idea yeah the fake shooting yeah right seriously yeah yeah well i uh, you know i used to do spots for uh fireworks city you did and so i I'd, I'd every year i'd drive out there and I'd you know get about you know three hundred dollars worth of fireworks. Mm. I I hate fireworks, but my kids really liked them. Oh, for sure. And, and you're a cool dad if you brought that stuff home. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And we'd find a field. We, there was a field near us where no one ever went to it, and it was pretty safe. And and I'd make sure you know to the extent I could that everything was exploded safely. Mm -hmm. But I was always a little wary because uh, when I was talking to the guys out there at Fireworks City. Um, they were telling me about going to the uh, fireworks manufacturing plant in China. And they said that there was a, a huge wall built around the fireworks plant. And I said, oh, yeah, I suppose, you know, you don't want anybody breaking in. He said, oh, no, and it wasn't that. He said that was so when, when there was an explosion, the workers wouldn't, wouldn't fly out, of the, out, of, out into the fields. They would just... Stay in, stay in, stay inside, stay and hit the hit the wall. Nice little yeah. containment. Yeah, we like, we used to have uh, bottle rocket wars in the woods. Oh sure, yeah. with those punks, you know, yeah. you couldn't see them coming. It was just mm -hmm. boom. Yeah, with report. Oh man, fun yep. times. Sometimes we'd even take the sticks and break the sticks and throw them. You know, so then they go. You don't know where they're going, right? You could mm -hmm. just light it and throw it in a, with a group yep. of people, and it would go loop de loop and smack somebody or nice smack a tent. grenade kind of thing. Yeah. Terrorists in the making. I know we were. Just, well, hey, just think it could have gone either way with oh, you. No, it really could have. The the I, I can tell you some stories from growing up with yeah. a neighborhood full of boys. We had uh, eleven kids in our family. The Petazuskis had ten, and then there was another like <laughs> eight eight families that had you know between three and four mm. other kids. So mm -hmm. our neighborhood was packed full of kids and boys and doing stuff. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good times. The closest I ever got to that was we used to build buildings out of hay in the barn. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up on a farm, so we had always had plenty of hay. Yeah, building like 20-foot-tall structures out of hay and climbing around on those. Yeah. Fun stuff. Mice? Do you have mice? I always think when I see oh, them, yeah. hay, we hay, sure, always had mice. We I sure did in the house, too. Creepy crawl. I mean, uh, we always, uh, they were field mice. They're small. Yeah, I know. Whatever. But that, they're quick and fast, and they're the ones that scare me the most. That's another reason I always have cats. 
Our cats good did reason not to care about the mice. Yeah, you know. Well, what? Wheezy did when she was young, but she retired from mouse hunting pretty young. But though every cat goes and focus, you know, then you have a mouse or where it's at. If they, you they have will a cat. let you know where we'll they're let, at. Exactly. Oh, we have a cat, Nora, our cat. Yeah, she's very into getting the mice. She's killed probably four or five. We don't have mice anymore. My cat so kills job, mice creatively. It's one thing I do like about ah. the cat. So like each time she kills kind of a cat, thing? it's a different method. Yeah. So like like one day, one day I found her suffocating a cat, a, uh, mouse? a, a mouse. The mouse was like under a piece of rug. And so my oh, cat just yeah. sat on the rug and suffocated it. You know, didn't want any dirty work. <laughs> right. And didn't want to. Wasn't ready to, to eat it now. Didn't want to have to clean up anything. Yeah, no blood. Another Ooh. time, I I got up, I got up in the morning and went into the kitchen, and the cat had drowned the mouse in her water bowl. Jeez. And it's amazing how quickly they bloat. By the way, these mice. Mm-hmm. And it had bloated, and it created the uh, basically a. A whole circle. It was like a circle of bloated, bloated mouse in in the water bowl. And then after that, she just took to dropping them right at my feet, which you know you sort of expect. Right. And yeah. I don't like it when they do that because no, the it's ca- not good. No, because and and the mouse is always really still wet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you should uh, check your cat's belongings for some white gloves and piano wire. <laughs> Probably doesn't some, need it. Some quick dry cement. Well, you know, I mean. We've uh, we have those people in uh, in uh, in the family. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We have at least. She learned from the best. Yeah. I, uh, my wife had a cat named Kitty. I never liked it, but it loved me. That's, Cats that's, are like that. They do that. Yeah. 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 If you don't pay attention to them, they'll be more interested in you because yeah. they're like, hey, well, what's uh, what's yeah. your problem? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but that was a good cat, Kitty. We're not very good with our dog's name is Pooch, Kitty Pooch. Huh. Yeah. Basic. Basic, yeah. We're basic people. Generic animals, yes. yes. We drive Chevrolets. Mm. We're basic. And again, I wanted mm. to, if Don was here, I wanted to try to sell him this Rolls Royce, but maybe we'll save that for another day. I mean, couldn't you see Don Shelby in this beautiful silver Rolls Royce? I mean, that what is year one is that? beautiful automobile. Let me see if I can get you in this. I don't know what year this is. You can get me in it if you'll sell it for about 500 bucks. At this time, it says... The, it's motor car for more than 55 years. I don't think I'd have been. anywhere to put it, though. Well, there's that, too, yes. So it's a Silver Cloud 3, the saloon edition. Rolls-Royce Silver Cloud 3? Yeah. So what, what year and is Bentley that? Bentley S3. It would have been, I think, it looks like 60, anywhere Look between Look late 60s, early 60s. Look at the color of that leather. I mean, oh, isn't that, that leather. Just beautiful. That's the most grotesque thing I've ever seen. Oh, come on. Oh, these, you don't like the red classic. leather? It's the peach flavored. <clears throat> yep. Now, see, today I would, I would buy one of these cars and I would have it my daily driver. Oh, yeah. You oh, know? yeah. I've been in the back of a Rolls Royce oh, before, yeah. and it is very the, nice. Just for what the heck, you know? So uh, that, Silver Cloud 3 was produced 63 to 66. So what uh, What would that run what's me? That run, what's that run? Uh, what was that run new, does it say? Uh, that's a good question. Let's see. Let's see. They have a convertible issue. Uh, there's all the uh, colors. You can get blue, beige, scarlet, gray, black, red, green, tan, brown. Well, these days it looks the like interior. they're going for about 100 grand, so. Ooh. No big deal then. Daily driver. <laughs> well, I mean, I see so many cars advertised, you know, uh, and uh, you know, like seventy, eighty thousand seems to be not unusual. They're going anywhere from twenty to seven hundred. So I think it depends on how yeah. good of shape they're in. 
I don't want to pay any more for a car than I paid for my house. No, yeah. 212 inches long. That's how long the car is. The Rolls Royces are massive. Here's one that sold for $37,000. Only 35,000 miles on it. Beautiful. What color? Well, what the hell? Uh, looks like... Let me see. We'll match up the colors. Know, silver. The colorblind guy's got what the silver. What do you get, about eight eight miles to the gallon? That's the steel blue or the I, uh, dusky gray uh, I think or it shelly must, gray. It must be dusky gray. Well, no, it's not dusky. It's pretty, uh, you know, it's got a sheen to it. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out why it's sold for so low. There's got to be something wrong with it. I'll bet Doug could put you into one of those. Get you in one of those here today. Let me go talk to my manager. All right then. <laughs> Not that I right. Isn't that the old the old line? Oh that they sure. Mm -hmm. well, 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 we'll go back and see if so we many can. Times Class, in movies, the yeah. classic line is, I, "Boy, I don't know if I can sell this to yeah. the manager, but mm -hmm. I'm going to try." Now it's it's only going to be seven dollars more per month if you do that true coat. And now they I just mean, tell you how that, much it's going to cost. Now I learned my upfront pricing. They're not not only that, but the new cars in the next five years if you want heated seats if you want radio if you want all that stuff it'll be in the car mm. but to get it you have to pay a subscription i know i've seen that what yeah yeah so uh, it, what heated, was that mercedes-benz they're all going to be every car is going to be like that so they're, what they're going to do is put all these components in every car but not activate them unless you get a subscription so they're going to yep. charge the same amount they're going to say okay well that's a sixty thousand dollar car but you got to pay another two thousand dollars for a year, or a another, year yeah. whatever it is, a subscription, a, a monthly subscription to have all of those or one of those, you know, activated. Yep. Or in they your car. disable the heated seats. So that if you sort don't want, they, you know, if you don't want that stuff, you don't have it. But you don't mm. get a cheaper price. But you're it's paying not, for you pay it. You yep. the whole thing. It's, you're paying for the components. And by the way, what's a radio? <laughs> that's right? true. Yeah. And what do they call those then? It's a digital. Uh, I know. You know as, as receiver. I, you know, I, I knew nothing about Dilbert. You know, I, I mean, have any of you ever read the Dilbert oh, yeah. comics? Yeah. I mean, it's got I've, the tie going up. Is this yeah, tie kind of up? culturally osmosed it over my life, but I've never actively read it. Yeah, I, I didn't know like anything most people. about it, but it's like know. Garfield. You don't read it; you're just aware of it. Yeah, that's it. Or I, you rap with it. But, but what, what I was amazed by was that, um, you know, when I, when I read about, well, what's it about? Because there was all this controversy, but I didn't really know what it was about. And it turns out. The humor in it is based on it's on uh, office behavior. Yes. Yeah, it's basically just the original uh, The Office. Yeah, but it's the, just like the ridiculousness of the modern, you know, white collar worker. Right. And the problem being that there's a lot of people who are in their 20s and 30s who don't even know what an office is anymore. No, Dilbert has zero appeal to younger people. Yeah, I mean, the going office, in and who wearing works a in tie. Yeah, exactly. Dealing with the boss. Yeah. I mean, there's still plenty of people who do that, of course, but sure. I think that like that office space kind of um, atmosphere mm. where it's just a gigantic room full of cubicles, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's kind of on its way out because cubicles, I, I think they think are kind of dehumanizing at no, this point. You know, we just redid our offices and, and they put them in and they've modernized them to be, you know, cool and mm -hmm. exciting. I, there's something about being together with people that makes makes office work. But what I always enjoy, because I go, I'm employee benefits, and I go around to see other offices. You see how other people do their stuff. And there's so much, you know, different things. I'm, I'm maybe different than others most, but I'm so excited about this next generation 
because mm-hmm. of the innovative ideas and the way that they work is going to change how I sell or how I work, mm-hmm. right? Or how we meet. And to me, that's exciting. I don't look at it like, oh, these guys, you know, these kids don't ever want to work or they never show up on time. It's like, well, just adapt to whatever the new generation is. If they don't want to start till nine o'clock in the morning, change the work day. Yeah, that's if they, true. You know, if, they, if they're night owls, you know, give them opportunity to work at night or, mm-hmm. you know, like the nap room or the whatever. Yeah, you not know? everything has to be punch in at eight, punch out at five or whatever. Does yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I'm just, again, I don't, rather than fight it, I'm just excited to see how it's going to morph because I know all the technology that, that I've learned from these young kids, my nephews, It's been great. It's stereotypical, but I don't know a lot of uh, boomers, which is, of course, what I am. Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot of them who go around saying, ah, these damn millennials, you know. I I hear it every now and then. When I do hear it, I think, well, you know, like, that would be your fault then. (laughs) You're the one who raised them. Yeah. yeah. Or you're you're the one that's working with them, that you know, managing them. I mean, what do they think? Do they they think these kids just grew up, like, you know, in some sort of wilderness by themselves? Yeah. No, no, you raised them. You taught them this. Right. And so it's on you, pal. I'm complaining about McDonald's going to the kiosk and, and, you know, going and spending $15 for a burger at a kiosk. Same thing. It's your fault. If you're going to eat the garbage, that's what they got. Yeah, that you know? is true. I mean, you're creating the demand. But there's restaurants that still have the the owners making meals. And mm-hmm. be, you know, so seek them out and go do that if that's sure. what you want. Yeah. But if you want something fast and quick, yeah, you're not going to be talking to kids anymore. And it's not going to be a, yep. a, a cheap job or a cheap mm-hmm. you know thing. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If, you, if you're looking for a job, you should really go into teaching because um, – my my son has been a teacher for many years, uh, my oldest son, and he, he finally just said, I can't do this anymore because it's rough out there. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, yeah. Depending on where you're teaching. It everywhere. depends on where you're teaching. It's but, everywhere. But it's most, it is most places, yeah. And um, he told me that he, you know, he goes online and he, he's, he's not really interested in the teaching job again, uh, but he goes online and he looks and sees – what what where the openings are and he says that in a typical day there are about a hundred new openings for jobs in schools mm-hmm. now they're not all teaching jobs but they're professionals because and... they're paraprofessionals yeah. and and one thing they're really looking for is uh, at, at a lot of schools are, are psychologists oh gosh yeah oh i'm sure need them desperately the problem is if you're a really good psychologist do you want to work for seventy thousand a year I mean, those are the people who are needed with the really good ones right? and dedicated. Yeah. Because the thing about working in a school is no matter what you do, you know, you don't get rich. Oh, gosh, no. No, it's not. It's it's meaningful work. It's meaningful. And people, you know, like I have two sons who have been teachers. And, you know, it's a calling. They don't right. They don't go into it expecting to get rich at all. No. Well, how do you get a uh, – are there any openings for the job where you uh, siphon funds to the administration and then take them home? Um, There's probably somewhere in there. I might take that digital banking stuff. Yeah, what it I would think, be tough. Yeah. What I think you should do for the jobs is I think you should get into car selling. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that's the wave of the future. You mean like right? for Walzer? Maybe? For Walzer. For, I mean, it's for perhaps great, Walzer Automotive Group? Yes. Walzer.com? It's it's a <laughs> good company to work for, right? Oh, yeah. They've got uh, good benefits. Plus, mm-hmm. look at the inventory changes, the market changes. It's very interesting. And you get to meet interesting people. And we've converted uh, two 
former comedy club employees to uh, work for Walzer over the years. So, really? Yeah, Tevin used to work for, I think it was House of Comedy. I forget one of the two. Do they have a little stage at the uh, at the dealership where they do a little, hi, everybody, thanks for coming and waiting for your car. You do a little comedy while they're waiting hmm. in the waiting room. You always know which are the guys, so you go in there and, you, and you're looking at a, uh, at a car, and the, they come up to you and say, well, I'll tell you, airline food isn't what it used to be, is it? <laughs> or, I just broke up with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That's that's my favorite opening. Yeah, yeah, the, the uh, get your sympathy, start you with the sympathy, like, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. 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 Well, we are all out of time. We actually were out of time 15 minutes ago, but wow. no, no. I mean, it's, it's a podcast. We can do what we want. Well, thanks for keeping the clock going, mm-hmm. Andy. You could have told us 12 minutes ago that we were done. Yeah, we were talking about stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's airline fun. Th- food, you know. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, I'll uh, I'll yeah. check in. Uh, what was I checking back in on? Uh, the not, car, the car yeah. service, what mm-hmm. that cost was. I'm going to do mm-hmm. that and find out what that would what that would be. Well, I have nothing to say about it, but I'm still going to say, come by any time. Sure. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks, obviously, thanks, you Mike. know, you were. I appreciate you, it. You were the guy Doug turned to, so. Right. Right. Yeah. I was. Uh, it's not a short drive from South St. Paul, though. Is but it? I'm out here in Roseville. My my insurance firm is out in roseville so oh okay well good well, there you go and and have uh, have like a good salesman i have my pen mm-hmm. and will travel so mm-hmm. if you need help with a, anything i'm here to help that's what i like to say so thanks oh and can i leave this other I'll, this is another conversation we were having offline but it's a proclamation for tom bernard so i'll leave this here proclamation could be, could be another conversation piece that you guys could have later all right then some another day you know, it's one of the points of privilege as a mayor. You get to do proclamations. Mm, that's so. true. <laughs> if you need some, let me know. He's officially proclaimed at this point. That's right. All right. Well, then I guess uh, that's it for this week. And we will talk to everyone on Monday.